0: This is Dyes and Shuby X, the podcast, episode 136, for the week of July 6th, 2008. Welcome to Dyes and Shuby X. The podcast. An extension of the all-encompassing Dragon Ball fan site. Dyes X. We cover anything and everything Dragon Ball in hopes of enlightening it a little bit of entertaining that's right what's up all yo hey hey Hey. Hey. happy fourth of july it is the fourth of july i am celebrating the way it should be with a sam adams boston lager the boston beer company america's world-class beer brewer patriot what other words do we have on here something something about a government warning ale
1: mike are you pregnant should you (laughs) not be drinking i am
0: not pregnant therefore (laughs) i should be Hello, let's say hey to Julian. What's up, man?
2: Hey, it's July 5th over here. Oh, right. I also realized that it's still July 4th in America.
0: That is correct. How's two it feel? more hours. How are you celebrating over there? Are you doing anything besides getting off work from the week?
2: Um. Well, I was going to see if maybe one of my friends is around to go see a movie. Maybe Indiana Jones, because he sort of kind of works for the government sometimes. I don't know. <laughs> But it'd be something to do, at least. And it's hot. It's getting very hot, and it's only going to get hotter because it's Japan and it's summer.
0: Yeah, I hear you. It's uh, warm in-studio, as they would say, so, you know, we always, ugh, hot, and we have to turn off the air, bleh. Yeah. Nice. Well, what's up, Mary? How are you?
1: I'm fine. It was a productive last, well... I shouldn't say it was productive. It was slightly productive um, in terms of projects and also productive in getting caught up with doing nothing. It's been nice. Yeah, it's only been two days into the four-day weekend, but it feels like it's been long.
0: Well, you have a four-day weekend. Let's right. make that clear. I have okay. three days. You have four. How's I had it feel? four and a half. Four and a half. You know what? I'm uh, done with you. Uh, it's
1: awesome. Let's so, yeah, talk about
0: good. this episode instead of Mary's time off from work. This is episode 136. We got some great stuff for you. It is the first episode of a new month and we are finally back in the swing of things with a manga review of awesomeness. Very excited. We're up to Dragon Ball Volume 17, which is actually the end of 16 and the beginning of DBZ 1 if you go by the viz, but you'll hear all about that when we get to the topic. Unfortunately, but I'm not in it. no, you couldn't join us. That's a shame because we recorded uh. it last night, but uh, we will get some thoughts from you as we get to that part of the show. In addition to that, let's talk about some stuff. I want to get this out there. I want to hear if, uh, any other listeners have noticed this or were signed up for it. I was checking my email this week and apparently I've been signed up for CD Japan's idle newsmail mailing list. <laughs> Mike, you won't talk sorry. you.
1: Why are you snickering at me? um mike and idols yeah there's a mix
0: yeah i don't know well here's the thing it's number one according to their mailing list so maybe like a bunch of people who are getting signed up for it now but i also picked up you know that hitomi kitamura cd and the Shoko Nakagawa cd and some other stuff so they're like hmm, so they think you're a dirty old man perfect for the idol news mail oh great so i'm doomed <laughs> they got me oh that's it for that anyone else get any other stuff no. No, Julian, what about you? Well,
2: uh, just lately in school, it seems like the students are catching on more to the fact that I'm a Dragon Ball fan. Uh, I mean, one of the things that I do when during the middle of lessons is while the teacher is lecturing, walking around, making sure students are still awake, and one time they were drawing Dragon Ball characters, and I kind of point it, and I go... Boo! And they're like, oh, awesome! And they're like, favorite character? And I go, Mr. Satan! And they're
3: like,
1: what? <laughs> Did they go, eh? Or am I just yeah, being basically. really stereotypical? <laughs>
2: yeah, they go, eh? <laughs> That's like, great. Uh, well I catch him off guard that way. The other thing, uh I think I've located the resident Otaku in this uh junior high school. Ah I think, I've been I've been reading a novel recently because, you know, I'm desperate to improve my Japanese skills. It's by the same author as Kito's Journey. And the one of the persons in well, one of the people in the communication club, which I sort of supervise Ask me what it is, and I show her it. I'm like, oh, I've heard of this. I've read the other series by this guy. And me, not wanting to quite let on that I'm as big as a geek as I am, I go, oh, you, you mean the one with the girl who rides around on the motorcycle? And she's like, motorrad? And I'm like, okay. I wasn't trying to insinuate anything. <laughs> because I guess the other series uses the German term for motorcycle.
0: Ah, okay. Mary, you've seen that. I think we've talked about this. Yeah. You've seen Kino's Journey. And... Right,
1: but I haven't read it or anything. Gotcha.
2: Yeah, but... I don't know. It was kind of amusing just because um I don't know. Obviously, there are quite a few geeky individuals, but I think they're also good at keeping
0: it low-key just as I am. Or so you think you are.
1: No, he is. Yeah, he is. Julian totally passes for normal. Come I on. Know,
0: I know.
2: There are a few people who have like pencil boards and like you you sure you want to be carrying that around at school are
3: you you bullied already
0: i think we've talked (laughs) about this in the past we find it very important to be able to pass for normal productive members of society and i think the three of us can pull it off relatively well
2: yeah but i don't know it's still kind of made me
3: giggle. But oh,
0: well, that's good. It made for a nice little story. All right, I'm going to cut you off cuz we got cool stuff to talk about this episode and actually towards the end of the episode. The end of the episode is going to have a lot of cool stuff. We're starting up a new contest this week. Whoa! Yes, we're giving away awesome stuff. Something that comes out later this month is going to be one half of that prize. In addition to that, there is a huge announcement at the end of this episode that you will want to pay attention to. So there's a lot of awesome stuff we will get to, but before that, we gotta talk about the news. Julian, take it away. Tell me about these 40th anniversary figures. We talked about them before, but there's more info here.
2: So these are being put out by what? Bon Presto? Is that correct?
0: Let's say yes.
2: Okay, but these are 40th anniversary jump figures. They're coming out in November, and for 17.90 each. That's quite a bit less than I was expecting, which means I might actually be able to oh, buy one. Oh yeah. Woo-hoo.
0: Well, tell me, what are there? Where can you find them? Oh,
2: oh well, so you can find them on PlayAsia for one thing. I mean, they're in Japan, so if you're in Japan, you have a wider selection of places to get them from. But, amongst other things, you have Luffy wearing Goku's clothes from One Piece. You have Goku wearing Luffy's clothes. He's from Dragon Ball. You have Bulma wearing Luffy's clothes. And you have Chi Chi wearing Go... Wait. Did I get something backwards? Oh, you have (laughs) Nami wearing Goku's clothes. There we are.
0: And there's some other figures here, too, though.
2: Okay. You also have Super Saiyan Goku and Super Saiyan Vegeta. And last but not least, a pretty sultry-looking Chi-Chi, which is quite unexpected because usually she's more of the nagging mother type.
0: Legalicious there. (laughs)
2: But anyhow, they're all coming out in November, so look forward to it.
0: I am certainly looking forward to it. Mary, let's talk about YouTube because. Oh, uh, God,
1: do I need to? Okay. <laughs> Funimation, oh, they've
0: had a profile of channel over there for a while now. They put up trailers, a couple little things. But they uh, put out a press release on July 2nd here. Mary, read the bolded portion I put here.
1: Alrighty. Bolded from this press release. Starting this month, the Funimation YouTube channel, www.youtube.com slash Funimation, will have newly added video content from the company's most popular series, including full-length episodes of Blue Gender, Slayers, Peach Girl, Mushishi, Kitty Grade, as well as many upcoming titles.
0: Interesting. So what do we think about the potential for Dragon Ball showing up on their YouTube channel? Not
1: likely. No, you don't think? No, I don't think so anyway.
0: It's the best-selling DVD set of last year. Exactly. Oh, I see where you're going with that. No reason to put any effort into advertising. Yeah, get the people buying online. the
1: DVDs, not watching the shit for free online.
0: Right. Okay, so there's other stuff they need to put up there in order to generate interest? Exactly. Advertising. Ah, I see how you people think.
1: I should go into marketing or something.
0: You should. Hilarious, because you're not involved with it at all. No, I mean, yes. Sort of, maybe.
1: Not really Formally.
0: All right. Let's uh, take it over to Italy then, because I don't know. Do we have any more to say on that? Julian, you got anything?
2: Um, well, not really. I mean, it looks like they're putting out series and stuff and, junk right. and stuff.
0: Fine. Tell me about Italy.
2: Um, well, they're putting out three collections. One of them is Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z movies, one of them is Dragon Ball Z, and one of them is Dragon Ball GT. They're in Italian and Japanese with subtitles, and um, that's pretty cool.
0: Yeah, they've had DVDs in the past, but it seems like they're getting all new releases. I didn't see any confirmation on Dragon Box Masters or what, but... It looked like the Italian track was going to be 5.1 on at least something.
2: That's not bad, actually. But you know what? This is the first time I've heard that Italian theme, and it's um, different.
0: <laughs> oh, it, what do you listen to? Is it What's My Destiny? Or Yeah. I love that song. We've talked about that in the past.
2: Yeah, but this is the first time I've actually heard it. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, that's a shame. I find it fantastic, and you should listen to it all the time.
2: Okay. Yeah,
0: constantly. That's how you should listen <laughs> Let's move on. I don't know what else to say about this, but you know Spain's been getting the new stuff, and now it's moving over to Italy, so that's that's nice. Uh, Julian, you're gonna tell me more stuff. We got Dragon Ball DS new scans from V Jump. What's up?
2: Yeah, so it looks like it's coming out in September.
0: Oh, nice!
2: It's coming out September 18th via the Nintendo DS, of course. Uh, looks like it's you know it's really reminding me now of Zelda DS because with Goku you get to eight, like tap on enemies and he'll punch and kick them and stuff. You do a little quick swipe around him and he'll do a spin. And then when he's got the Nyoibo out, it becomes even more similar because you can do spins and slashes. And if you drag the stylus across the screen, you can can extend it. So it's becoming very familiar. It also looks like you get cutscenes of stuff from the series. Which, I mean, it's cool and all, but it's it's like Zelda with Goku instead of Link.
0: <laughs> but you love Zelda on DS, so I have to imagine you're going to enjoy this game.
2: Well, well yeah, but... Okay, fine. Yes.
0: I am really looking forward to doing a video game review that you can be heavily involved with.
2: That's very true.
0: Because, you know, you are absolutely obligated to pick this up. And I'm debating whether or not I'll pick up the Japanese version, you know, whether or not we hear anything from Atari in the near future about when it's going to come out, if it's going to come out, when it comes out here. So maybe you'll be the first one to give the initial thoughts on it. I don't know. Maybe. Any other uh, interesting info that you can see on these pages?
2: Yeah, there's a special contest for readers of V-Jump where they can send in a postcard by the 18th of July, which is in a couple weeks. And if you do that, you are eligible for a contest where you get DS or Dragon Ball on the day it comes out. But I guess really only I am able to.
0: Well, are you going to do that? Send a postcard.
2: I suppose. Awesome. Would hurt.
0: We're going to keep it going with video games unless you got anything else, Julian. I'm just kind of skimming through those pages there. Anything else of interest?
2: Um, well, that's pretty much the long and short of it. They like to have all these pretty pictures, which are kind of nice.
0: Right. All right, let's talk about uh, video games over here in the U.S. You know, as soon as Atari and Infogrames did the whole, you know, we're actually gonna you know, bring them back into the fold and blah blah blah, they're putting out a billion press releases and SEC filings per day. I'm like, you know what? I am done. I'm sick of reading this stuff. So as soon as I finished, they put out something of interest. They put out their annual report, and there's some really, really juicy tidbits in here. Very, Mary, very juicy. Mary, read this fiscal 2007 part.
1: Sure, fiscal 2007. The Dragon Ball Z franchise generated. 40 of our publishing net product revenues driven by the November 2006 release of Dragon Ball Z, Budokai Tenkaichi 2, PlayStation 2, and Wii.
0: All right, and now read fiscal 2008
1: fiscal 2008. The Dragon Ball Z franchise generated 49.1% of our publishing net product revenues, driven by the November 2007 release of Dragon Ball Z, Budokai Tenkaichi 3, PlayStation 2, and Nintendo Wii.
0: Holy crabs. Dragon Ball accounts for 50% of the money Atari makes. And yet,
1: are you really surprised? No,
0: not whatsoever. It's funny, going down uh, the rest of this, in 2007, Neverwinter Nights was the next thing, and that was 13.9%. And then 2007 2000- 2008, this is hilarious. Godzilla's next at about 9%. They've been selling off their franchises. Oh, Dragon Ball literally is... And they're not even afloat. I was going to say it's they're a keeping money them afloat, but it's the only thing they got going now. I think this is hilarious. Julian, <laughs> thoughts...
2: Well, it's a good thing that Funimation decides to let them keep publishing Dragon Ball <laughs> exactly. titles, or else they wouldn't be here anymore.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's oh, great. Man. Golden stuff. All right, let's close out the news. We're going to talk about the Shonen Jump 5th Anniversary Hardcover Collector's Edition thing that's coming out later this year. We haven't really known what's up with this, but we have some more info, courtesy of God of Chaos, You know, our podcast host, who... Kind of knows everything. Apparently, it will have all of the manga from the first issue, and including some other stuff, some features from the first five years, you know, which it has been so far five years, uh, about a dozen rare interviews, don't really know what that means, some essays by editors, and a Yu Gi Oh card. So, oh boy.
1: thoughts? Mary, I don't know. It seems kind of self-congratulatory. <laughs> <laughs> true. Hey,
0: everyone's allowed
1: to do that, I though. I guess. I don't know. I really have no interest. I'm sorry. I was going to say
0: no interest in any of the rare interviews or essays by depends the editors.
1: how rare they are. I mean, thanks to the internet, I mean. <laughs> That's true. Especially <laughs> if they're decades old, in the case of Toriyama, um, like old interviews, it's not really new to people like us. Right. I don't know. It depends on what kind of interviews, I suppose.
0: Essays by editors intrigues me, because a lot of the Editors aren't around anymore. For example, Jason Thompson, who was working on Dragon Ball. What do you think, Julian?
2: Yeah, I mean, he was very, very much towards promoting things like getting the manga as close as it could be to the Japanese version without needless localization. And once he left, things kind of went downhill, especially. But, I mean... it's weird, too, because certain series like One Piece seem to have either several editors working on it at once or several editors in quick succession because they like keep changing what things that they change and how they translate certain things. And I just wonder, does, do they have a consistent group of
0: people working on it? <laughs> Is anyone home? Hello? Uh,
2: yeah. Uh, I don't know, it's kind of frustrating, and I don't know, I'm not particularly fond of the way the U.S. Shonen Jump is gone, although I suppose it's been doing pretty well financially.
0: Yeah, you know, Naruto's keeping them alive, so whatever. Maybe Death Note too. Oh, well, Death Note wasn't in Jump, but, you know, Viz itself, Yeah, I don't know. So I guess that's going to wrap up the news. With that all done, we're going to take it on over to our topic where we discuss Dragon Ball manga. Bye, guys. So here we are on Volume 17 of the Manga Review of Awesomeness. And you are saying to yourself, Self- why don't I see a Volume 17 over on my shelf featuring all of the Viz release of Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z? That is because there is no such thing as Dragon Ball Z when it comes to manga. The entire series, 42 volumes originally in Tankobon form, is just Dragon Ball beginning to end over in Japan. When Viz brought it out over here, initially in their monthly releases, they split it up into Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z, and so you are going to be reading the last two chapters of Dragon Ball Volume 16 and the entirety of Dragon Ball Z Volume. 17. Wait, no, one. See? I'm all confused. I'm confusing myself. Jeff, how do you feel?
4: I'm very confused at this moment.
0: Nice. Jeff, you're here. Yes, I am. Awesome. So you're officially into the Z era, I oh suppose my God. you could say.
4: I've been initiated.
0: That's right. It's been like a year and a half, sort of, <laughs> kind of almost. I think he's sort paid of. his dues. He has paid his dues. He's got
1: you're... the appropriate <laughs> background history now. Sweet. Nice. Wait. Mary,
0: you're still here. I apologize for referencing you as you take a sip there.
1: That's okay. All you're right. allowed.
0: So you're still here from the beginning of the episode, which we haven't recorded yet. Mm -hmm. But awesome. Nice. So we got the three of us. We're going to do this as we usually do, where we'll go chapter by chapter, give you the lowdown on what happens. Then afterwards, we'll go around and get all the different perspectives. Mary and I, we've read this before. Jeff is reading this for the first time ever. So let's get it on going. If you're reading the Viz release, you're picking up Dragon Ball volume 16 right now. Chapter 193. Piccolo fires from above down at an immobilized Goku. It appears that it hit dead on. Piccolo declares a new age of demons and terror. Piccolo prepares to kill everyone else when Kritidin spots something in the distance, or maybe someone. Tenjin Han sees this as well. Goku has apparently learned Buku Jutsu. He flies in with a headbutt right smack into Piccolo, sending him flying off. Goku asks the announcer if Piccolo is out of bounds. He is, so Goku has won the tournament. Chapter 194. As everyone surrounds Goku, Yajirobe pulls himself out of the ground and goes over with some Senzu. Goku is all back to normal. Kami-sama stands above a beaten slash semi-conscious Piccolo and raises an arm to deliver the killing blow, but Goku rushes in to stop him. Goku refuses to kill him or have him killed and calls Kami-sama on his bluff about being able to wish him back with Shenlong. Kami whines for a bit about being a god. Bad, 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 bad. I'm so bad. Wine, wine, wine. Cry me a river. And Kami is says that Goku became what he is because of the Dragon Balls. Kind of a little pep talk going on there. More aimed at Kami than anyone else, which is interesting. Kami-sama blips a fresh gi onto Goku with the Kame symbol, which is, you know, what he had from Kame-sen-in, the turtle symbol there. Goku asks Yajirobe for another Zenzu and feeds it to Piccolo. He jumps away in shock, swears revenge, and flies off. Goku swears to surpass him. Chi-Chi promptly glomps Goku. Kami-sama <laughs> offers them the throne of god and goddess. Uh, Chiaotsu flies back. He's been at the hospital. Apparently they took him off somewhere. Uh, Goku sticks out his tongue, calls Kintoun, and they fly off. So at this point, if you're reading along with of his version, you are picking up Dragon Ball Z Volume 1. Mary, take it away.
1: Alright, going by the original, this would be chapter 195. It's now five years later and we're in a barren-ish farmland. We find a farmer and he sees something crash down by his fields and he goes to drive off to investigate it. He comes to a huge crater, which contains some kind of huge space pod. A tall being with long hair and armor gets out, noting that Kakarot has failed since the planet's inhabitants are still alive. Farmer shoots his gun and this stranger catches and flicks back the bullet, noting it's a planet of weaklings. The device on his face picks up a life form of huge power in the distance so he flies off. Meanwhile, Piccolo is alone in some type of wasteland, but suddenly turns around and senses someone, Son Goku, approaching. The long-haired guy determines that Piccolo Piccolo is not Kakarot, though this arrogant one at least has a battle power of 322. Still no match, though. Piccolo is furious and fires a blast that does nothing more than kick up some dust. The alien is about to retaliate when his device picks up someone else of greater power and takes off in that direction. Piccolo is shocked to find himself trembling in fear. The alien wonders if Kakarot, shown as a baby that suspiciously looks like Goku, has lost his Saiyajin pride.
4: On to 196. Bulma arrives at Kame House for what seems like a quasi-reunion party. Kurudin's already there and it looks like Goku's on his way via Kintone. Yamcha and Bulma are having issues apparently and lunch went off chasing Tenshinhan five years ago so obviously they're not at the house. Goku seems to have someone with him though as they close in on Muten Roshi's place. The alien appears to be following Goku though as he notices when he stops. Goku lands and says his hellos introducing his four-year-old son Gohan named after his grandfather. Gohan has a tail but Goku is totally naive and says they all go to bed pretty early. (laughs) Chichi won't let Goku train Gohan and instead insists on his studies. Goku senses a massive power coming in and the alien lands. The alien says, Kakarot is all grown up, but he recognizes him. He looks just like his father. Hmm. Kakarot was supposed to kill everyone on the planet and uh, Kuderian goes to shoo the obvious drunk away, but gets bitch-slapped by the alien's tail right into Kami House.
0: Chapter 197. Alien has a tail, just like Goku used to have. Goku has no idea what's going on. It sounds like head trauma as a baby may have resulted in some major memory loss here. Kami-san tells Goku how Grandpa Gohan found and cared for him out in uh, the woods, picked up a random baby. That's how, apparently, this works in Dragon Ball. The alien proclaims they are both Saiyajin, and he is his elder brother, Raditz. They 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 are a warrior race that exterminates the residents of planets and sells them off. Babies are sent to weak planets like Earth. With the help of the moon, it should have been quite easy for Goku, or Kakadot, or kakadot Oh. (laughs) Uh, yeah. Goku no longer has a tail and has become a regular earthling. Sayujin, the Sayajin home planet Vegeta was destroyed by an asteroid collision. Only four, including Kakarot, remain. Uh, they're off to destroy another planet and need a little extra help, and uh, apparently Raditz remembered that he had a little brother. Goku refuses and is need in the gut. Raditz grabs Gohan, tells Goku to kill 100 people by tomorrow, and, uh, yeah, great situation there. Chapter 198, Raditz says there's really no choice and still just return for this planet anyways. So he takes off as Piccolo watches hiding on the side of the house. I love that scene there. Goku calls for Kintoun, saying that the tail should be his weakness. Kamisenin and Kududin will come along but Shenlong won't grant the same wish twice apparently so if they die it's for good this time. Bulma's dragon radar shows they've stopped and aren't off in space somewhere. Piccolo makes his appearance and says that they have no choice. He and Goku will have to team up. Raditz kind of stands in the way of Piccolo taking over the planet. This alliance is only until the fight is over over, however, Goku takes the radar and the two fly off.
4: Tom, you've been replaced. I
0: did, you had to do that. <laughs> I had to. I'm sorry. That was awesome. I'll do another one here. It's
1: hard to look at all these scenes the same.
0: Chapter 199. Goku and Piccolo fly in. Raditz shoves a crying Gohan into the space pod. His scouter goes off, showing 710 battle power coming from Gohan and assumes it's just a malfunction. Piccolo says Raditz has a device that tells the power and location that's that scouter, so he'll know they're coming in. The scouter goes off again showing 710, then another reading shows two at 322 and 334 shows up, one having Kakarot's battle power, so Raditz thinks it's worthless when all of a sudden Goku and Piccolo show up. Therefore, if it's not broken, what's up with that kid over there? There's a little bit of banter back and forth between Goku and Raditz until Piccolo seems to have enough. He takes off all of his weighted clothing. Goku does the same. Suddenly they jump up to 408 and 416. Raditz laughs and says it's not nearly enough, however. He rushes him from the front and elbows him both from behind somehow. Says the other two Saiyajin are even stronger than him.
1: Chapter 200. Somewhat concerned that there are two stronger ones, Goku demands to know where Gohan is and promises to save him. Goku and Piccolo attack together but get kicked away. Raditz dodges again into the air and fires a blast from each hand down at them. They both appear to dodge it, but Goku is caught off guard from behind and gets kicked. Piccolo actually lost his left arm and asks Goku if he has any secret new techniques, which Goku denies, but Piccolo has one. Chapter 201. Piccolo can still use the attack, but Goku will need to go stall for time while Piccolo gains energy. Goku rushes in and gets smacked around while Piccolo charges two fingers on his forehead. Goku fires a Kamehameha from the sky and Raditz notes his battle power is at 924 while Piccolo's is up to 1030. Goku fires and Raditz starts to run away but turns around and blocks it and fires a blast knocking Goku out of the sky. He's about to finish off Goku when he notes Piccolo's power level is at 1330, who then fires.
0: Piccolo fires the Makanko sappo but Raditz manages to dodge, slightly damaging his armor in the process. Raditz raises an arm to attack Piccolo with, but he's being careless. Goku grabs his tail from behind. Raditz falls down to the ground while Goku holds him in place and tells Piccolo to charge up that attack again. Raditz begs for his life and says he's been bluffing, blah 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 I didn't really mean to hurt you. I wasn't gonna do anything. Wait, went went But even with Piccolo's protests, Goku lets go of the tail. Raditz smacks Goku away with a shit-eating grin on his face and pins him down to the ground, clearly back in control of the situation, dot, 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 until an enraged Gohan bursts out from the space pod. Chapter 203, Gohan bursts out and lands on the battlefield. Everyone's in disbelief, especially Raditz, who reads Gohan's battle power at 1307. An enraged Gohan bursts forward at Raditz, surrounded by energy, and nails him in the chest. Gohan falls to the ground, seemingly unaware of what just happened. Raditz now knows his battle power is down to one, so it must change with his emotions and smacks him aside. Raditz goes off to kill Gohan, but is grabbed once again from behind by Goku, this time kind of like a bearish hug where he's got both arms underneath his shoulders. Piccolo charges up his attack again and asks why Goku didn't grab his tail again, because apparently he could cut it off if he wanted. Goku, ribs broken, holds on and is ready to give up his life, and Piccolo is quite ready to take it. Piccolo fires the Makanko Sappo again, and it pierces through them both. Last chapter of the volume 204, Raditz and Goku fall to the ground, blood spilling from the holes through their chests. As Raditz curses them, Piccolo explains that Goku probably won't stay dead for long, thanks to his friends and the Dragon Balls. Raditz smirks and tells him that that info has just been transmitted to his partners out in space. They'll be there oh, in about a year from now. Raditz seems to have the last laugh as Piccolo raises an arm to deliver the final blow. Bulma, Kududin, and Kamisenin have flown in and see Piccolo standing below. Out in space, the two other Saiyajin, one huge and bald and one short with tall spiky hair, get the transmission and start making plans. The tall one thinks to bring Raditz back to life, but the other suggests immortality, perhaps. Furthermore, Kakarot's son seems to prove that mixing Saiyajin and Earthling blood results in massive power. A super Saiyajin, if you will. The tall one suggests lots of mating between them and humans. And the other one's like, um, that's a dumb idea because they'll be a lot stronger and we wouldn't be in control and that's stupid and you're a moron let's just go kill everyone Goku says dying kind of (laughs) sucks. Gohan's all right, though, so that's cool. As Goku dies, his body disappears, which Piccolo believes to be Kamisama's doing. Must have some type of weird plan for him up there. The two Saiyajin will arrive in about a year. There you have it. There's volume 17 of Dragon Ball.
1: It's kind of disturbing that, you know, rather than continue their race, Vegeta would rather they go extinct instead of mating. (laughs) It's a little strange.
0: Yeah, he's been around for like three pages, so we don't really know his character yet. Yeah. Yeah. It's
1: like, no, oh, they'll be stronger than us. Screw you, Nappa. <laughs> I guess you don't even say their names.
0: No, we have no idea who they are just yet. Jeff, I'm going to take it over to you. You are now into the Z portion, if you will, of the manga. How yep. does that feel?
4: Um, It's uh, definitely different. It's really, really close to what I predicted last time, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even realize that was going to be how it starts off. In fact, I could even see why they even broke this apart and called this Dragon Ball Z.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Especially for marketing here over sure. here in the U.S.
4: Yeah, easily. I mean, it it really is just like a whole different take on the same story.
0: Well I want to talk about that because I have I, mean, I definitely have some thoughts on this Mary you and I were kind of talking about it last night. I was finishing up my notes last night and I went from the end of 16 to the beginning of DBZ 1 and so I got those last two chapters of the 23rd Tenka Budokai right into Raditz which is how it was in Japan. You know just one week to the next is how it went and in volume 17 that's how it went and I found that when I did it like that I could place the Piccolo that was out in the wasteland where Raditz appears at as the same Piccolo that just fought Goku with a tournament. Mary, you said even still, even just doing it that way because of where you come from, you still couldn't do it. No,
1: I couldn't. It in fact, when I, was, when I was reading it, I was doing nothing but placing the original Ocean dub in my head. So, yeah. to me, it sparked memories of me watching Dragon Ball Z on TV for the first time during its first airing. Not knowing who the fuck Piccolo was, but I was still intrigued by these characters. Like, wow, obviously they have some kind of backstory. Right. I don't know what it is but the fact that there is some kind of Mysterious backstory is very interesting. So whenever I read or watch, you know, these early chapters in Z, you hear I can't help but thinking Grace. Yeah, I, I can't help <laughs> but think about the anime and the fact that I associate these feelings with not really knowing the past, despite the fact I just read, you know, volumes one through sixteen of Dragon Ball. Right. Which is weird. Like, somehow reading the first uh, volume of Dragon Ball Z, per se, is kind of mysterious to me. Because of the history
0: you have and your associations with voices and places and times and that kind of stuff, it is a different series here.
1: Yeah, it doesn't seem that seamless to me.
0: No? Well, it is a five-year jump, and we have had multi-year jumps before. Right. Is it that... Or that combined
1: with all that other stuff? That combined with all that other stuff, and now aliens. Jeff, let me take
0: it over to you then, because, you know, previously you had seen bits and pieces of Dragon Ball, you know, familiarity with the cell game era, Mm -hmm. little bits and pieces of other stuff. Same thing, you've read the entire thing beginning to end of, you know, the Dragon Ball portion, if you will, Yep. and now we're starting the Z portion, Mm -hmm. but it is the same thing, so how did it feel for you not having those preconceptions and previous experiences?
4: I think, uh... Well, there's. I got to admit that there's a little bit of an intimidation when you go from Dragon Ball to Dragon Ball Z, basically because of a name change. So okay. you, you expect some kind of change in attitude or right. or change in, in content. So that's how I kind of felt. Like, I'm actually shocked that you're telling me that, you know, chapter one of this, or uh, technically chapter 195, you were saying? Yeah, it, something, something like that. Something like that. Like, that's, that actually came a week after the end of the yep, second it was Shiro just the Kai. next
0: week over in Weekly Jump.
4: That just surprises me so much, because I, I saw, like, a major change. Already in just the first chapter.
0: Well, hold it right there. Let's Mm -hmm. compare it to another drastic change in the series, and that was the beginning of the twenty-third Tenkaichi Budokai. There's a huge age shift there. Goku grows up from a short little child to adult sized. Mm-hmm. So how is this different? Is it the type of storytelling? Because we did have Alien-esque previously with Piccolo. Was it because that was more mystical in nature and this is almost hard sci-fi?
4: You know what? I would actually attribute it more to the characters growing up and just the fact that there's there's nothing very childish left about them. Even, you know, Roshi isn't going for the same... He hasn't same, done anything yet. Yeah, he hasn't really done anything. He's only done one boob joke.
1: I think for me it's the setting with um. Um, Dragon Ball, it was the Tenkaichi Budokai, and you know, oh, but even okay, though there was a time sense. skip, I mean, it was still a familiar. But because setting. it's a Budokai, you can place two previous Budokai, yeah, two- it's like, okay, this is natural for right. them. Mm-hmm. And it's not like Kame House isn't natural, I mean, we've been there before, but it's, uh, I don't know, we now have new characters introduced, new mm-hmm. villains, but uh, yeah, for me, it's the sci fi element,
0: Mary. Let's uh break it up real quick here. Jeff, unfortunately, you haven't had a chance to watch this, but Mary, the first episode of Dragon Ball Z is pretty much you know, a little bit of that rabbit stuff, but it's entirely Gohan out in the forest... Let's talk a little bit about that and how Gohan is introduced there versus he literally just shows up with Goku, says, you know, his hello, and then he's kidnapped and whatever. I prefer the manga.
1: Yeah? Yeah. Only because in the American version, that first episode was stripped out. they pretty much made the non version. Having seen, you know, after that, the full episode one, I was Uh like, you know what? I'd be fine either way knowing that Gohan's there playing around and not having it there. It doesn't matter to me. I kind of liked it better in the manga where he's just like, oh, and here's my kid. It's more of a surprise whereas in the anime, we get this stupid 15 minutes of Gohan playing in the woods. Like, it's too cutesy for me. And actually, even before that, we get
0: Chi-Chi asking Goku who brings back the tree. Oh, where's Gohan? Blah, blah, blah. So even before you see Gohan, you know that there's something there. Mm -hmm. What about the whole uh, hints at Gohan's hidden powers, for lack of a better phrase? Because in the TV series, you know, he falls down that waterfall, and all of a sudden he's up in the tree, and Goku, you know, rises up. He's like, hey, how did you get there? Versus in the manga, the first hint we get is when he hits rabbits mm-hmm.
1: again, I like the manga better.
0: You do. I think that has more of an emotional impact. Like, holy shit, this is what did it, rather than, oh no, I
1: fell off of water. Yeah, it was okay. kind of. It was one of those instances where you know it's filler. They got a pad out time, right? Even though they're just starting this whole. New yeah, journey. really. Well, it's kind of bizarre. A series, it's like, though. we're going to start off with filler. Good <laughs> job there.
0: All right, Jeff, let me take it back over to you. Because I, I don't even really know what to ask you at this point. I just want to get whatever your train of thought is having gone through this.
4: I have complaints.
0: Okay, <laughs> complain away.
4: Yep. I, Hilarious
0: that we hit Z and you got complaints.
4: Yes, I know this is probably going to be the first time where I'll actually have disagreements on things. So. Okay. Here we go. Um, well, I just need to complain to Viz, first of all. I think their translation, uh, needs a lot of work. There's a oh, lot of- piccolo? Oh, Piccolo? Yeah, we oh, need to explain this.
1: Oh my god. This. Okay.
4: So let me, um, yeah, let me just, let me just bring across this quote that I saw, which I can't, I still can't decipher it. And like, my entire family studied okay. English for years and I still can't decipher this. Okay. Piccolo says, What say you? Know you not the one to whom you show such insolence? What the hell does that mean?
1: All right. So, Mary, do you want to explain this? I'll try to, but I don't know if I'm wrong or not. Because uh, Viz was translating Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z simultaneously, obviously the beginning of Dragon Ball doesn't have Piccolo yet, whereas the beginning of Dragon Ball Z has, you know, Piccolo there, front and center. And I think at that point they hadn't yet established a convention for the way he speaks. And I think they might have really took it overboard with the formality of his speech. So the result is this really over-the-top kind of formal language. Even further than that, you're
0: using the word they. It's really a she. And that's Trish Ledoux,
1: mm. who okay. was
0: huge over there if I forget mm. what her title was, in um, particular with Dragon Ball. Yeah, when they hit the graphic novel size, Gerard Jones took over as the you know, the English adaptation part. I believe Trish Ledoux was the one handling it originally when they were doing the monthlies. Mm-hmm. And I-, I think we've even talked about Trish's in the past where she kind of assigns (laughs) personas and weird things to characters just to kind of like spice up the translations a little bit.
1: Yeah, but I think this is taking it way too far. Oh yeah, and Mm -hmm. this is just way too much
0: left over from those earlier days. Yeah. I'd actually be curious um, for those of you who have picked up the Viz Big Editions, if they've gone back and done anything to this early Piccolo stuff. Yeah, because if
1: you're reading it straight through as we have for the manga reviews of Awesomeness, going from Piccolo's speech in Dragon Ball, which is regular, it's normal, and then to this it's like okay when did like piccolo go to finishing school it's really
0: confusing <laughs> right all right so jeff that's a valid viz complaint what else you got
4: um the other complaint i have is a well uh, all right it's a valid continuity error goku shows up on uh on the the island turtle island Kame house or kami house yes. right is not that turtle island too or is... well,
0: i don't think it really has a name
4: okay i saw that the well, island
0: itself is yeah where Kami Sennin lives
4: Gotcha. Well, he shows up and, and Uh they were talking about the Dragon Ball on Gohan's head. Goku says, yeah, and we have, uh, two other balls in his, or in his place. Uh huh. And so we fast forward a couple pages and they look at the Dragon Ball radar and, oh, look at that. There are seven randomly placed dots there on the Dragon Ball radar.
0: Ooh, look at you. Let me see that.
4: Yeah, let me let me pull that page up here. It was after, wow, holy crap, Jeff. It was after Raditz leaves. Here it is. Okay, yep, yeah, right Okay. There. See, seven random balls.
0: Two of them are kind of close together, but I, I have to imagine they're zoomed out enough to get a global In view. In the scope
4: of the global yep. view, right.
0: Good job, Jeff. I've never <laughs> noticed that before. And see, it takes someone like you to actually pick up on that stuff. Yeah, it was Very kinda, interesting.
4: Kind of just sort of like wait a second. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on.
1: Would have been accounted for, right? Mm-hmm.
0: And they were also saying, "Oh, yeah, how are we going to find all seven? And but, well, you, like, know you know where two are, you know where the third is, right?
4: Right. So it's just like they forgot. That's why I was kind of thinking, like, I wanted a good explanation before I was going to get mad at Toriyama because I seriously thought that <laughs> okay. it was his mistake. But no, like the, the whole Piccolo thing, I really thought it was like, um, you know, maybe he went on a break. You know, Toriyama went on a break after
0: <laughs> no, the no.
4: Tenkaichi Budokai and then came was... back. Yeah. So now I'm starting to lighten up a bit. But yeah, before I was really like holy crap, how could they have let all these things go through? And
0: you'll notice that dies down as the yeah. this translation continues. Yeah, okay. Because they're like, uh, this is retarded, let's stop this. It's like this. Piccolo
1: doesn't actually talk that formally, no. as far as I know. No, he talks pretty normally. It's not like Frieza, where he has his, you know, speech right, abnorm- Exactly. Abnorm- yeah.
4: Yep,
0: indeed. Piccolo can be, I don't want to say quasi-sarcastic at times, maybe shortened to the point when he gets angry, but he's definitely not speaking Old English, that's for sure, <laughs> mm-hmm. or any Japanese equivalent thereof. <laughs> Something I want to bring up with you guys, and this always irritated me, was the second time that Goku grabs Raditz, and Piccolo asks, why didn't you grab his tail? To which Goku replies, oh, he can cut off his tail.
1: And Where Raditz did is you like, get that from? You know that? What? That's really random. I didn't even get that. I didn't understand it as I was reading it, so I kind of just ignored it. It just doesn't make any sense. Like
0: okay, if you wanted to, I suppose he could swipe his arm behind himself and cut off his tail. And Rats is like, you knew? Like, this was something?
1: Yeah, that's pretty bizarre. Like, it's kind of like Toriyama's trying to find excuses while he's writing this story right. for, like, justifying certain actions. Or maybe
0: wanting to plant a seed for future storytelling that just never went anywhere, but...
4: Actually, you know, what? this kind of follows a the theme that he seems to portray in a lot of his characters. He, he never has them do the same thing twice, you notice? And if they do the same thing twice, then it it just, you know, kind of blows up out of proportion. So for something this small, I can understand he doesn't have him do the same thing again. Like Because right. you know, this is a smart move, and yeah, he doesn't do it. Well, that just sort of is par for the course when he's written the other characters in battle scenes they don't really do the same move twice well
0: i agree it would be dumb oh i'm gonna grab your tail for reals this time though so he's gonna do something else i i just thought that extra dialogue was extraneous and made no sense that
4: did seem weird i mean because like raditz says you know about this well duh he's also he also goku also had a tail and cut it off of course he knows about it right so, yeah, that makes sense.
0: Jeff, do you have any other complaints? or? Well, else? I
4: kind of want to bring it over to, just like story-wise, from uh, the Please. end of Volume 16. Do it. Just uh, at the end of the tournament, I, I had mixed feelings about how that ended. Okay. Um, yeah,
1: me too. Yeah, we should talk about that. Because it was that. so yeah. epic, and then it ends mm-hmm. with a ring out. Of, like, for a ring that doesn't exist. You know what? In Goku's defense, coming from
0: Goku, who cares more about just winning oh, the Oh, no, fight, no, I
1: like the way that Goku spoke, and he was like, Hey, ref... Yeah, exactly. you know, that that was in character but still I think it was just like Light Toriyama was probably yeah. like okay I'm done with this fight uh, what's a way I can end well, it well when has
0: he ended a tournament you know with this giant attack and that actually finished him off it's always there. there's a catch somewhere <laughs> <laughs> the previous tournament, it was hitting the car and falling down first, mm-hmm. which we debated the physics and gravity of. <laughs> and <then> the 21st <laughs> tournament was who could stand up and, you know, say they won or whatever that was. So it, this doesn't really break tradition from those previous ones.
4: But you know, the, the the I think part of it, what felt weird is that when I remember reading it from two months ago, right. it made a lot of sense. Like, it, it especially after just watching the whole tournament, you finally just got to the end and, and things were like so euphoric, you know? you know like you were just so happy it was over and goku finally wins and you celebrate with them and you know so what he brings piccolo back who cares but when you then go back to it afterwards without having that tournament as the context and then you just read the last two chapters Mm -hmm. it felt really awkward and like you know a lot of it just seemed nonsensical like why spend like two pages defending god and you know making the earth just so that i could be saved like that it just seemed rather odd. Whereas when I had read it two months ago, it just was something I could just fly past no problem. I that's thought it. that was kind of weird. I wonder if anyone else had that same no, kind No, I of...
1: totally agree. I had trouble going back to the last two chapters as well. Is it because you then read Z,
0: or is it because you really think that that whole story arc just needs and to be taken It just needs in to nuance? be read all in one go. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
4: I, 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 that's why I'm, I'm glad they actually did what they did and just grouped them together. The that was a totally. smart idea. Yeah,
0: well, it absolutely was for Viz.
1: But yeah, I, I, I think you had a problem with Kami and his whining. And, oh, uh, God.
0: He annoys me so much. I agree.
1: He gets less annoying. Because he does less. I until guess. Until he finally
0: just gets absorbed and is like, done with. Man,
1: how selfish. He's like, oh, I want to give it up. Uh, you could be gone. It's like, what? Why'd Why? you take the role? Come on, man. I
0: want to talk about special attacks because we are introduced to the Makanko Sappo here, which is an absolutely awesome attack. Uh, Goku hasn't developed anything. I really like that dialogue where he's like, oh, you slacker. I got something. I was going to kill you with it and I guess I still can again. Um, Jeff, tell me, what did you think about this in comparison to some of the previous attacks we've seen
4: yeah that was badass that was (laughs) totally badass i love the fact that uh it has like this it it just it's designed so nicely too i love seeing it on the page it was drawn so well Oh,
0: great spread on that
1: i have to say again i like this better in the manga as compared to the anime where the anime he takes a lot of time to charge it right whereas in the manga you know he does take time to charge it but you know because you're reading it it goes by a lot faster yeah like in the in the anime, he's really struggling to build up that power, and here you're just like, okay, let me think for a little bit, and okay, done.
4: That becomes a running theme, doesn't it? Just the whole fact that in the anime, it's so much longer for them to charge yeah. up, and in the manga, it takes like a you know. Yeah. Like, a spread, (laughs) and it's it.
0: What I like about this special attack is that the design goes into the energy, the attack itself, rather than what the person does. But he has a
1: cool pose, too, so it's It is pretty
0: balanced. He does have, you know, the two fingers to the head. But the design of the attack itself, I love the corkscrew style. I mean, the Kamehameha is kind of a generic beam. The Mafuba was just, like, I catch you. Um, The Dodonpa was just another generic kind of beam. We're going to get more and more attacks that have some style and flavor. Do you think so? I think so. Cause For I
1: example, think the Makan is probably the most the stylish peak. one
0: there is. Oh, uh, the is kind of neat. Yeah, that, that's got something to it. Um, although we just came off of the Sokidan and we've gotten the Kikoho. Those are kind of neat. The Taioken was more strategic than anything else. All right. So maybe we are at the peak of special attacks. I don't know. All the listeners are going to have to tell us what they think. What else do you guys have from volume 17 here that you want to talk about?
1: Even though there was a lot of fighting in this volume, it went by really fast. It just did. because there was a lot oh of exposition God, with so a fast. lot of reveals. And and stuff, so I thought it was very balanced between ooh, it's a twist, and a lot of good action as well.
0: We had an email last week that kind of referenced this, episode 2 of DBZ. Lots of Raditz exposition. You liked it in the manga.
1: Yeah. You think the
0: storytelling was good? Even though worked, I knew what to it expect, along. it's still
1: like, oh man, oh shit, they're all finding this out for the first time.
0: What kind of impact did it have to you reading it again, Mary? Anything? Just or? nostalgia. Yeah. Jeff, you kind of knew, you know, Alien, and all this stuff, so <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's not much of a surprise, but reading it, you know, kind of through in context how did that feel
4: um i don't know it just felt kind of you know, it, it was sort of weird to adjust to it. it it's definitely something i had to adjust to that's the thing mm-hmm. I, I think more so than any other time shift this one was one of the harder transitions yeah. to get used to but then once you get into it and you know raditz comes in and and just starts you know mentioning like okay a he's a little brother or goku's a little brother goku's was, the younger one goku's yeah. the younger brother then he has a you know, gohan's the kid and then um, of course there's two other aliens somewhere that are coming, and I don't know, it just seemed to... It did make sense, but it just didn't have the same kind of flow that the previous volumes did. And I can't really pinpoint it either. Okay. I think it's like, it's either a lot more spaced out or things just happen a lot more randomly. Just like uh, the fact that Gohan has such an amazing amount of power and the right. reveal of that. There's still creative w- ways that Toriyama just sort of introduces these characters. Like Gohan, especially, I think it's the best introduction.
0: Oh, you like that.
4: I really did. Yeah. And in fact, when you were describing the anime episode, I was kind of, I could understand it, you because right. they, they've been known for putting. <laughs> Oh, you need to go hunt
0: out in the woods, the waterfall yeah. that kind of stuff? Yeah. Like, I
4: can understand that because he, he actually does have a major part later on the, from what I've seen.
0: Right, right.
4: You know, in the manga, it's actually just nicely subdued and it's actually really refreshing to see that.
0: There's only so many ways you can introduce. I'm a new character with lots and lots of strength and I'm so great. And, uh, you know, having the dynamic between a you know, 1 and 1400, whatever his power was there, that was kind of a neat way to do it.
4: Yeah, that kind of uh, made it interesting too because uh, didn't Raddit say something like, oh, well, uh, it's a Amazing how their power levels can shift so dramatically.
0: Yes. Oh, we gotta talk about this battle powers.
1: Yeah, power the battle levels,
0: powers as they call oh, it in, no. in the anime.
1: Power levels. The yep.
0: English version. Oh God. What do you think? The the phrase in Japanese is sentorioku or battle powers. Power levels is typically how it's expressed over here in the U.S. As a concept, how do you feel about it as it's just starting right now? Jeff, I'll go over to you.
4: I'm shaking my head and going, "Oh God, this is where it all started." Because <laughs> I'm just like. Like, look, this is this is so nerdy of the characters to even mention. So, like, well, listen, I have the first episode on like laserdisc, okay.
0: From Toriyama, how do you feel about this? Where he's assigning like scientific stuff to explain, you know, this mystical power.
4: You know, that probably was part of that transition I was talking about, where it was really hard to get into. It it, seemed a lot more analytical, whereas everything in Dragon Ball was just sort of, you know, floaty. This is what it it is. It is what it is. Goku wins, sure. Exactly. Like, who cares? And then this one. Now there's like you know there's science behind why this stuff happens. So the, the fantastic element gets replaced by the sci-fi, right? And that's where it's kind of like okay, here's the shift into the sci-fi. This is where it starts to get a little interesting. You think
0: you're still going to re- enjoy it as it goes forward, though?
4: I really liked the fantastic element of the first volumes. Uh, right. This is this is going to be different, and. Um, I'm. I'll have to see what what happens in the first few. I think it's too early to tell right now. Well, very true. It is. Yeah.
0: Mary, how about you? What do you? How do you feel about battle powers?
1: I like power levels early on. Yeah. Even when I think back to when I watched it in the anime for the first time, I thought it was really interesting. It kept me on the edge of my seat. Actually, I was like, "Oh wow, power levels! Ooh, that's pretty interesting." Except then it gets really cliche and overdone when they're like, "Oh boy, his power level is actually this." He was just concealing it. No more. It's growing even more. And then very very quickly it starts to get. Overused, and but thankfully, it at does this point, away. I like it. <laughs> yeah, I just agree. because it's different and it does kind of drive home the idea that oh wow, there's aliens with super technology out there.
0: Right, and that and that's neat. That's a which
1: is not to say that
0: Earth doesn't have super technology. We've got capsules and stuff. Yeah. it's like a totally different kind of super technology. Right. I
1: think the reason I like it is because you know these characters are strong, but now we that we're introduced to this character with you know, some kind of gauge to determine how strong they are. It's just very interesting to see how they stack up against one another.
0: Which is different from previous uh, villains where they're like, oh, I'm so much stronger than you. And Goku, you know, easily shows them wrong. Raditz can tell right off the bat, no, I really am this much stronger. Seriously, don't even try it. (laughs) <laughs> which is really different for the series.
1: I want to talk about Raditz for a little bit because his appearance is really brief, but we yep. get a lot out of him and he doesn't overstay his welcome. So I, I appreciate that about him. Yeah, and that it's is great. True. He shows up in like every video game. He's always there. Mm-hmm. So he seems to be cool. He's cool because a lot happens with him, but he doesn't overstay his welcome. What do you like about his character? I like his legs and <laughs> his uh, hair. Okay. <laughs> no, he's cool because he's really, he's cocky, but in a different way that Piccolo and Ten Shin were cocky. Mm-hmm. Like Ten Shin was kind of a noble cocky no you should back down and Piccolo is all like I am so awesome but Raditz I don't know he's kind of different he's He's like douchebag cocky. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> Jeff,
0: what do you think about Raditz?
4: He has big hair.
0: He does have big hair. He looks
4: like, he looks like a heavy metal guitarist or, you know,
0: <laughs> totally
4: bass player for kiss or something, you know, like I wonder if there was a little bit of heavy metal influence in his appearance. Um, I actually, it, you know, this is sort of like, uh, getting weird flashbacks of when I used to watch cell saga and, uh, the suits for, oh, yeah, yeah. you know, Vegeta and the suits for, uh, the armor, the armor. Raditz. The had, armor. Yep. It, it's really fascinating to see that for the first time. Right. Uh, but oh, yeah. Especially now in this context where it's like, no, that's really outer space gear. <laughs> right. So, you know, there is a there is a reason for it. Actually, you know what? I The one thing I really like, that's his tail wrapped around his yes, stomach, it isn't is. it? It
1: looks like a belt. I just yeah. realized that. Yeah. I
4: thought that was really, really nicely done. And they
0: do show it early on. And you're like, that doesn't look like a regular belt. And then when he hits Cooed with it, that's when you see that it's a tail. And that's kind of a neat, like, they're giving it to you right there in front of you. And if you want to look for it, it's right there, which yeah. is neat. I think Absolutely. it does have a good design. Oh, yeah. Yeah, totally he's got a great character design although what we are missing in the manga is Shigeru Chiba and Jason Gray Stanford yes which is a shame but. um
1: something I, I don't know if this is Viz taking liberties with translations but I thought he was written very well like he had a lot of good dialogue and kind of one line is kind of nasty and like which it was, was like t- t- to
0: an extreme in the first dub uh, of yes. the TV series it's like
1: but. when you choose to you know come with me and you will right we will go um, off. you, and, you
0: really and, don't have a choice we're gonna going to come kill everyone on your planet anyway, so you might Like It's well. very cut and
1: dry with him. It's like, right. come on, you're going to come with me. Yeah. It won't be great. We're going to kill all these people. <laughs> we'll have so much fun.
0: We'll <laughs> go see a movie, catch a ball game. You know how it goes. <laughs> Anyone have any other thoughts on this? I think I hit up all the big stuff I wanted to hit. I we didn't do. really talk about
1: Goku and Piccolo teaming up. We didn't. You want to say anything about that? It's nice. It is nice. <laughs> I, I like it because it's like almost so expected. Yeah, because there's such well, rivals. You no, know. you've
0: seen the whole. Series. Well, I know,
1: but had I not ever seen it, I might expect that. How something- else is this going to play out? It
0: has to go this right. way.
1: They play nice together.
0: Jeff, what would you think about the team up? I the hate- world's strongest team, or something?
4: Yeah. Well, I hate to bring this up, but um, doesn't this seem familiar? Didn't that movie that came out recently had uh, two Asian guys in it and some kid? And the- these two guys had to join up and do something. It was the with Jackie Chan and
0: Oh, oh, the. Uh, Kingdom. Forbidden, Forbidden Kingdom,
4: Kingdom. wasn't that a similar thing there too, where they had like two guys who hated each other, but they just teamed up and did something? Or is that completely different?
0: Well, it was based on Journey to the West, and in Journey to the West, the priest has three minions. One of them's the Monkey King, and then there were two other kind of monsterish priestish. Things that, and they don't really all get along with each other. It's like friendly rivalries and they get pissy with each other. So,
4: so on a very minute level, not as big as it is in here anyway. Right. Because, like, we're talking about the guys who almost killed each other in the last tournament here, and it's like a mutual respect. Yeah.
1: They realize there's something
4: greater than them, so they have to fight together. Well, for
0: Piccolo, it's like, I gotta take over the world. This dude's in my way.
4: But plus I, I guess I'll deal with him. It's been
1: five now. years. I mean, he right. can't be that pissed off anymore. Oh, please. <laughs> so, His
0: sole purpose for living is to kill Goku.
4: But that also, Kind of brings up an interesting point. What's gonna happen because Goku is dead, and and that's like
0: well, let's
1: talk about. I guess it, Jeff. it's predictions time. Jeff
0: predictions. Oh God. <laughs> Hold on. Let me grab volume two while you predict. Keep talking.
4: All right. So in volume two, I predict. I should have like some theme music for this. I swear to God. Um, <laughs> wow, hard to say now here too. But um well, okay. If it's apparently so easy to uh, get uh, Goku back with just getting all the Dragon Balls and wishing him back and apparently so easy to find them uh, I could assume that certainly in the next volume they're gonna search for the Dragon Balls, and I would say they succeed. I'm gonna say they succeed and Goku comes back. Okay. So I don't think it's gonna take him very long. My issue is if Piccolo is going to help them.
0: Oh, in bring Goku back? Is he gonna be involved with this whole process?
4: Why even bother? Cause Piccolo just killed Goku and Raditz. He did a two, That's two true. birds, one stone if thing. If Piccolo
0: wanted to, he could, he just took out the strongest person. He could stop and prevent everyone from gathering those Dragon Balls. Right. However, we've got these two stronger aliens coming.
4: That is true, but they're only showing up a year from now. If right. anything, he's gonna have to, well, okay, yeah. So he'll need Goku in order to fight the two aliens who are coming by later, who supposedly are stronger than Raditz. Well, I guess in that, in that case, it makes sense. In fact, it might even make sense for Piccolo to train with Gohan, or not Gohan, but Goku, well, actually Gohan too, why not? But to train with Goku, rather, so that way they build up their power levels in preparation for the two aliens. So mutually work to
0: together in preparation for what's coming in here. yeah
4: because well look i mean when we first see piccolo in this volume he's standing on top of a cliff that didn't look like much training to me
0: <laughs> he's just gonna stand hanging out
4: and he already fought like the the most powerful guy in the planet and lost so i mean who's he gonna train with and who's he actually gonna get like you know
0: who's a- gonna push him to a level where he can deal with these two sides right,
4: exactly what's he gonna do punch a mountain for like a year is All that right. going to be his training so fair enough i say he wants Goku back okay so that i think right there is his is his motivation because i was originally going to complain about that and just be like why does he just take over the world right now but technically he can't
0: <laughs> what about all the other characters what do you think you said they're gonna do some dragon ball searching bring yep. goku
4: back yeah so uh in terms of bringing back the rest of the team to find the dragon balls well i mean bulma still has the radar so i guess uh that's going can bring it. the the team back in in a sense um i don't really see anyone else coming back unless there's like some funny Yamcha thing again because that was hysterical <laughs> i like that i think that'd be it though i wouldn't see too much else with the other characters all right if anything maybe there's a new character in there somewhere it's like a side story but that's about as far as i can see sounds good yep
0: mary i can't ask you for predictions you know exactly where this story is going. that's right don't ask me so i'm gonna wrap this up <laughs> jeff thanks for hanging doing a manga review of awesomeness you'll be back in a month to do dragon ball volume 18 dragon ball z volume 2 if you're going by the viz release
4: one more thing yes okay i thought this was funny all right so, Gohan's four years old. Yes. It's been five years. Yes. <laughs> so you mean to tell me as soon as this tournament was over, they ran right to doing the nasty. <laughs> that's all I'm saying.
1: Well, sure, it was all Chi-Chi, too. They had a couple it of was all Chi-Chi. There.
4: I bet you it was I'm Chi-Chi like, Hey, Rafe.
1: what are you doing to me? Goku I... got
4: raped, man. That's yeah. what I'm saying.
1: <laughs> I'm sure this <there's> fanfics, too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God.
4: The slash, I tell you. <laughs> All right,
0: Jeff, we'll see you in a month. See ya. However, don't go away just yet. Uh Uh-oh. Because for everyone who's listening right now, pay attention to the end of the episode. Jeff, you have something to say with me at the end of the episode. That's right. Cool. So with the manga review of Awesomeness done, let's turn it over to the rest of the show, and Julian will rejoin us right now. Hey, Julian, do you have any thoughts on uh, this volume of the manga, beginning of the Z era?
2: Well, only that it seems like he creates a very good conclusion for the... first part of the series you know he has Goku flying off with Chi Chi and the Dragon Balls helped it bring everybody together and Piccolo is still there making idle threats but Goku saved him so obviously something's going on there and then flash forward. Five years, and things are different. So he's setting up a lot of stuff in this, and holy crap, Goku dies. So it's a pretty, well, well, I mean, it's got a shock to the system, I guess you could say.
0: I think that uh, sums up everything that we talked about. (laughs) That works well. All right, well, that concludes our topic. (laughs) So let's take it on over to Julian, your DBZ ABCs. Hey, Julian, we're up to K now.
2: I was going to say, I didn't even remember where we left
1: off. All right,
0: It's been forever. (laughs) I know. It's been a long time. For those of you who have no idea what we're doing, uh, a long time ago, uh, shortly after we began the podcast, we started doing some other little sections. One of them was DBZ ABCs, where Julian went through the English alphabet, ABCD, you know, onwards, picking uh, a word that goes to that letter and giving us some background on it. We got all the way to Z. We decided to retire it, but we brought it back with the Japanese alphabet, if you will. So A-E-U-A-O, and. Now we're up to ka ke So, do you want to pick anything that begins with ke?
2: So, this week, I'm going to do Dr. Gero.
0: But Julian, doesn't that start with ge? We're up to ke.
2: Yes, but it uses the same kana in Japanese. The only difference is the little two dots, and it's put in the same order alphabetically if you look in a Japanese book.
0: Ah, interesting. So it's uh, a quasi-cop-out?
2: Yeah, pretty much. <laughs>
0: okay, as long as you admit it, that's fine. Tell us about Dr. Ghetto.
2: So, Dr. Ghetto is a mysterious figure in that he apparently had a major role in developing the technology of the Red Ribbon Army back in Dragon Ball, and yet he was never, ever mentioned.
0: Why is this?
2: Well, I think it's what the folks in the biz like to call a retcon. It is retroactive continuity. So he did not technically exist when Toriyama was working on that art, but he decided it would be important for the drama later on. So he created Dr. Gero, and apparently he was none too happy that Goku decided to blow up all of his inventions. So he's been working secretly for a long time and developing beings that could destroy him. Oh. Dun, dun,
0: dun.
2: And these are known as the Jinzo or artificial humans, or androids, or what have you.
0: i got to ask you a question. Um, yeah. Well, it's more of a, a statement or a demand. <laughs> but tell me okay. the difference between the Japanese pronunciation and what Funimation decided to go with.
2: Okay, so in the Japanese version, it says Dr. Gero, Gero, Gero. In the English version, they said Jiro, like different emphasis, different pronunciation.
0: Is there a J sound in Japanese, like uh, equivalent to our J? Yes. Okay, so obviously if it was intended to be pronounced that way, then it would have been written that way. So why a yes. change?
2: Uh, Probably because somebody read it off the script the way they thought it sounded and nobody <laughs> bothered to put a pronunciation guide True on enough, there. True enough,
0: that could very well be how it was. I got nothing else. Do you want to say anything about Dr. Gero as a character, as an origin, as a retcon? What do you got?
2: Just that uh, one of those, Jinzo Ningen, looks suspiciously like Dr. Gero. Ah, In yes. In fact, you could even say that... Uh, um, well, I, I guess there's no point in holding spoilers since, after all, you are listening to the podcast. <laughs> right. So, yes, he's number 20.
0: Uh, I think the real question here is, Mary, Yeah. would you put your brain in a robot <laughs> in a body? Robot
1: body? <laughs> In a robot human body, like
3: a (laughs) robot human body. No,
2: No. I'm talking about something better—a
1: fat robot human
0: body. One that looks exactly like me, old and wrinkly, with long white hair and. I know
1: if you're going to make yourself an android, Android, at least shave fifty years off yourself.
0: God, Uh, must not think very much, or maybe he thinks so highly of himself that it's going to be exactly the same.
2: Maybe that's what he did look like with fifty years (laughs) off.
0: (laughs) That's very true maybe he doesn't remember what he used to look like or uh i don't know is that gonna wrap up dr ghetto i guess so all right so Kaki QK. So next week is ko i think we can come up with something for ko without changing and copying out
2: yes i think we can find something for that oh, that's giving too much away <laughs> i get you all right
0: julian like
3: planet? <laughs>
0: thanks to the dbc abcs let's take it on over to the releases there's actually only a couple things in July. Uh, August and September are loaded coming out the ass with the releases, but we'll cruise through July. Julian, today, uh, as I'm recording, and you're yesterday, July 4th, what do you got?
2: Okay, latest volume of the TV anime comics, Dragon Ball Z, Gene Zoning, and Ark. I believe it's volume 4?
0: Yes, it's volume 4.
2: Okay, and that's coming out, well, as... You said now, and it's 730 yen, which is way too expensive for something considering you've already seen the story before, and this is just screen caps from the anime. But I guess they got to pay for those nice shiny color pages. Uh, and of course, you can find it from the usual suspect situation uh, anime. Amazon Japan, etc. Yep,
0: you can find it places. Mary, take it over to you. You're gonna tell me what's coming out on July 23rd. All
1: right, so that's a couple Wednesdays from now. PS2 and Wii software, Dragon Ball Z, Sparking Meteor theme song, Super Survivor. Wait, I'm confused. Why are they calling it software?
0: Because that's they call it softo. When I said game,
2: they're like game. You mean like the, the machine? Like, no, 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 no. The 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 thing that you play on the machine. Yeah, like, they call oh, it oh, softo, right? Oh well, yes, it is technically software, but we call that the game. Oh, never mind.
1: <laughs> so it's a soundtrack. Yes, it, well, it's the
0: theme song. Okay, it's the you could call it the Super Survivor CD single, but gotcha. it has other stuff.
3: Go
1: down right. the uh, list here. Well, though. it's pretty cheap. It's only fifteen hundred yen for eight tracks, which is pretty good. Its catalog number is LACA five uh, seven seven zero. We have a track listing up on the. DiceEx.com homepage.
0: Let's cruise through it real fast. Track one, Super Survivor. Track two, Julian. Crap,
2: I just closed the window. Uh, Hold that's on. that's
0: right. I, I'll do it because I'll pronounce it correctly this time. Kiseki no Hono yo Moe agare. Close it off. I'm so smart. Flame up miraculous fire. I kind of. Kind of like Dove Ryu, if you will, in the American cartoon. Mary and I were watching the Street Fighter American cartoon earlier oh today. Oh, God! And Ryu, or Ryu, as they say, his character kind of talks like this. And he, he doesn't really talk clearly. But anyways, so track one, Super Survivor, Sparky Meteor theme song. Track two is the Burst Limit theme song. Track three is Kodoku no Hate no Love and Peace, or Love and Peace on the Edge of Loneliness. Track four is Ginga no Hoshikuzu, or Stardust in the Galaxy. Track five is Finish Him Off, which is is actually an English version of Super Survivor. Track six is Fight It Out, which itself is an English version of Kiseki no Hono yo Moe Agare. Track seven is Super Survivor. Super
2: Survivor, off vocal, which is the karaoke version. And track eight is Kiseki no Hono yo Moe Agare, off vocal, which is the karaoke version again. Sweet. You probably sing over that in English or Japanese.
0: Nice. And you're going to want to learn some of these songs for a particular reason. Keep paying attention. We have things to discuss. But first, Woo. we have emails. <laughs> Julian, read the first email here from Joshua.
2: Okay. Hello, Daizenshu EX, the podcast, an extension of the all-encompassing Dragon Ball fansite. It's me again, the Cargo Joke Guy, DJ Calder, it from the forums, with another question for all of y'alls. Is that a triple plural?
0: (laughs) I think so, but I like it.
2: I watched most of DBZ, but all but the Saiyajin and Namik sagas, for the first time on the international channel. And I remember, even as a kid, feeling that the picture quality looked better on the i channel than on Cartoon Network or Funimations, VHS, and DVD releases. Was this just in my head, or did the international channel legitimately have a more more authentic-looking TV master. And if this is the case, then why would Funimation have a different one? Also, if this more authentic version exists, why do all the American releases look like crap? I mean, why not just buy that master as well? (sighs) This is getting convoluted. Unvoluted for me, please. In return, I'll give you more humor. How many Namics does it take to stop a blast from Frieza?
0: Cargo. Ba-dum-ting.
2: With love, Joshua. DJ Koulter-Rafid on the forums. The guy with the loop
0: at a Mary, let's talk about the Intar
1: National yes, Channel. Yes, I am in full agreement with him in that it definitely looked really, really good on the International Channel. The reason it looked the way it
0: did is because the International Channel just played the original Japanese TV masters as is. They just play them, as opposed to Funimation, who, you know, completely, they crank up the saturation, they do some smoothing on stuff, they do some filtering, some sharpening, and that's why Funimation's releases look so much different from the international channel, as well as, I guess you could say the Dragon Box Masters, because obviously Toei, Pony Canyon, they own their own, you know, TV source releases. Uh, the Dragon Box went back to the original Film Masters and touched that up, so it's that source. Better is qualitative, and it differs from person to person, it differs from You know, experience with what you know technically and how many things you've seen. If you ask people like us, better is how it was meant to be seen. You know, Funimation likes to throw that phrase around, but what they show us is not how it was ever meant to be seen. The original Japanese film TV masters, that's how it was supposed to look. So that's why it felt more authentic, as you said. Uh, Julian, you want to chime in anything there?
2: Well, just that I think, I don't know. Toei just seems to be stingy with good masters. Well, they that's like true. Best and obviously for companies that are going to be putting out foreign adaptation, especially if they're going to be planning on doing, you know, a Japanese language release on their home release, they don't want it competing with the Japanese version. So they give, either give them incomplete materials, materials or inferior ones. I think so as to protect the domestic market which really bothers me but it's what they do.
1: Amen to
0: that. Mary any additional thoughts?
1: I think you pretty much summed it up there. Cool. Although I didn't even stop to think I was I was watching it back in the day on the international channel that the reasons that you described were the reasons why it looked good. Right. I just thought Oh, how nice! It looks pretty, but I didn't really consider why that might be the case. But I mean, it was rainy; it was
0: much less saturated. But that's how it, it was aired in just Japan. Natural, yeah. All right, Mary, while you're here, not that you went anywhere, but why don't you read the next email here?
1: Okay, this one comes from Catherine. She writes, Dear Podcast Crew, Just want to let you know that I'm one of your mysterious new listeners. I'm an old Dragon Ball fan that has come out of my dormant state. I got into Dragon Ball at a young age and resorted to buying bootleg fanzones with terrible picture quality from a shady store in my local mall and have a full box of the early single-issue Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z comics from the 90s. I don't know what happened, but I just kind of fell from the fandom rage Anyway, I was hanging around Munich earlier this summer, and as fate would have it, I ran into the German Dragon Ball dub and couldn't stop watching. So after returning to my true calling, I was searching for Dragon Ball sites. Most of the ones I remembered shut down, and I eventually happened to stumble upon this podcast. So thanks for continuing to do this weekly so that new fans and old fans who've regained their senses can have somewhere to go. One question before I leave, assuming this hasn't been asked already. With the news of the new Dragon Ball animation, what is each of you hoping that the special might be? I'll just be happy if it's over ten minutes. Finally, back in the swing of things, Catherine.
0: I want an Ekumajin OVA. Me too. Mary, is that your answer? That's my answer, Julian, your answer? I'm never appearing in a
2: comedy anime ever again.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So you concur as well? Yes. Nice. All right, we're all in agreement. See, here's the deal. If you're a new listener and you send an email, you have a much better chance of having it read, because I'm like, holy crap, new person, I've never seen this name before. So like we said last week, I'm like, hey, I know there's new listeners out there, and I want you to make your presence known. Send us an email. We want to know who you are, where you're from, what are you doing, why are you listening to us? So uh, I think that's it. Mary, it's going to wrap yes. up the emails. Tell me if you have questions, concerns, comments, suggestions, all that stuff. Where do you send it?
1: All that and more, you can send them to podcast at diezx.com. That's P D-O-D-C-A-S-T at D-A-I-Z-A What? Oh, you almost had it. At D-A-I-Z-E-X dot com.
0: There you go. Why do I not know letters? I don't know. (laughs) That's going to wrap up the emails. Like we said earlier, we have something cool. We have a contest. Let's do it. So we already told you about it. Coming out later this month is the C D single with Super Survivor on it, as well as the Burst Limit opening theme. We are super psyched for this, and because of this, we're going to give one of those CD singles away. What? Uh, not, 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 wait, wait, that's not it. We're Dyson Chewe X. We do much cooler stuff than give away a single CD single. We're tossing in the Budokai and Budokai 2 CD single as well. Contains the opening themes to those two games. So two CD singles for the price of nothing. Ha, ha, ha. See what I did there? This is going to be a fun contest. We're running this on both the podcast and the website. Mainly because they're like, hey, awesome new CD coming out. We really want to, you know, get this out there. We love the music. But also Hironobu Kageyama is coming to the U.S., We're going to see him at Otakon. So we really want to be like, yay, Hironobu Kakeyama. So what we're going to do with this contest, it's going to be a random email contest like we've done in the past, but this one has a twist to it. You can enter twice, sort of. You'll have a single entry. However, if you want to double the chance of winning this contest, you can send in a little snippet of you singing one of the four songs featured on these CDs. <laughs> so let me break this down for you. You're going to send an email to contest at dicex.com. Mary, you get another chance. Spell this.
1: C-O-N-T-E-S-T at dot xcom Thank you. You have
0: until 1159 a.m. Eastern Time, Friday, August 1st, 2008. That is a week after the CD actually comes out, because that next week we are going to review the CD, assuming we actually receive our shipment from Japan. So you can just send an email, and there's your one chance to win only one entry per person. However, if you attach an MP3 containing yourself singing at least two lines from one of these four songs, Julian...
2: The Dragon Ball Z or Budokai 2 opening, Kusuburu Heart on number 2, dvd Budokai 3 Opening, Orewa Tokoton Tomaranai, Sparking Beatier opening, Super Survivor, or Burst Limit Opening, Kiseki no hono yo Any of those, sing a little bit from there and you're golden.
0: Nice. If you choose to send a vocal recording, absolutely no background music, just your voice, kinda like karaoke style without music. Julian, would you like to give us a brief example of what this might sound like?
2: So that would be Orewa Tokoton Tomaranai. <coughs>
3: <laughs> 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 I'm not warmed up i
0: approve that's probably the song i would have done as well very nice it's exactly what it should sound like i'm gonna say at least two lines from any of those four songs we have a link uh, to lyrics over on the rules the contest rules we don't have lyrics yet for the uh, burst limit opening theme so maybe someone on the forum can do a little transcription or
2: really hard to understand (laughs) i know it's
0: really tough but uh you know we'll have lyrics when the cd single itself comes out but right uh, whatever so maybe the first three will be easier for you there I think that's it. Uh, we'll give that CD away. Um, hopefully that first episode in August, and we'll review it around then as well. I don't know. When we get to that point, we'll figure out what's going on. Uh, full rules are on the site, and uh, you can check that out. Sweet. I think that's going to wrap up the episode this week. Uh, let's say what's going on next week. I actually don't know what's going on next week. Julian, you're going to yes. be around next week.
2: Um, let me think. What is next week? I think I'll be around. I'll get back to you on that.
0: Okay. Mary, you and I are working on video stuff. When's the deadline? Um, in two weeks. All right. We got AWA stuff we're working on. So we're kind of like the same position we were with the Oticon video, except this is a new video for a different state, different contest. Uh, so podcast topics are like, I come up with them on Wednesday or Thursday. Uh, So that's that. Mary. Mike. Thanks for hanging. Thank you. You're working on registry stuff? I see you're no. at Home Depot. You're no. looking for
1: power tools? I'm just looking at appliances in general. Okay. Not, no, not registry stuff. Striking your fancy. I'm just researching because I have no idea. Actually, the first thing about how much appliances cost. So I don't want to be in for a rude awakening when we start our married life, and you're like, "Oh, honey, it's got a fancy new washer. Oh my God, it's ten million dollars. That's a hell of a washing machine. Oh, yeah.
2: Must be made of solid gold." <laughs>
0: You can head off to keep looking
1: at stuff. No, I'm done. Right. I, I got depressed looking at the prices of <laughs> okay. domestic appliances. Plug away. All right, my site. Would you already
3: live together?
0: Yes, and we have stuff, but, you know, we're going to probably get a place in the spring to own. Okay.
1: My website is Templar Trunks, and you can find it at com. And uh, not much going on there right now, but maybe in the coming weeks there'll be a little something. We'll see. Oh, really? Yeah. Not content related, like maybe selling stuff.
0: <laughs> I see how it is. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Well, I mean, you're here every week. You're contributing to the community. This is
1: the content right, right here. And it even says it on my homepage. I know. I'm trying to drive traffic, but, you know, I don't drive the kind of numbers I used to. So <laughs> it's, it's not exactly helping the cause. I apologize.
0: Thank you, though. We'll check you later. Alrighty. Yeah. Bye. Well, we had Jeff earlier this episode. Obviously, we haven't really had a chance to say goodbye to him. He actually has something to talk about with myself. So, Jeff, hey, what's up, man? Hey, Mike. You and I got something to talk about. Yes, we do. We are releasing something new this weekend. As you're listening to this show right now, you can go get it.
4: Yes, please go get it. You're going to love it.
0: I am super excited. I listened to it at work today. It is ready to go up. Oh, sweet. We finally, after many, many months of work, I think we recorded this episode about two months ago, and we've been busy with other projects. You know, we had the Oticon AMV deadline Mary and I were doing. You're working on the intro video. So it's taken two months. We're still kind of like finishing up the design coding on the site. We are launching a new podcast. Jeff, you, me, and Mr. Deluxe. That's right. We are doing a video game podcast that we are calling VG Convos, which you can go check out at VGCONVOS.com. I am so super psyched to have this done, ready to go out. It's just a fun little side show that we're going to be doing, maybe like once a month, something like that, whenever we feel like doing an episode, little side gig. The first episode is, (laughs) it's really long. It's uh, a little under two and a half hours. I don't think shows are regularly going to be that long, but because... Because it's introductions and a long topic. That's what we did. So, the first episode are introductions and our mutual top 10 games. So, we like got into a fight, the three of us, and came up with our top 10 games and discussed them and talked about all sorts of awesome video game stuff.
4: And somehow we agreed on a mutual top 10. Somehow. Somehow.
0: In addition to that, though, you can check out the website and all three of us have our individual top 10 lists up there. We'll do blog entries whenever we feel like writing about something. It's just this other thing that we all wanted to do because, you know, this is a Dragon Ball show. We have other interests and we don't get a chance to explore those interests on this show as much as we like to do so it's there we want you to go check it out and look forward to future episodes so jeff high five man high five we did a new show let's see how long this lasts
4: (laughs) (laughs) back to my day job because
0: when you and i get together we tend to kill shows
4: (laughs) yeah pretty much
0: (laughs) that's all right (laughs) so uh thanks for joining us again in this show and we'll see you in a month
4: Sweet. Later. Yay.
0: And then that just leaves Julian. You and I, Dizenchu EX.
4: Can be found at
2: http colon slash slash That's DIZEX Damn
0: straight it is. So we'll see you next week for episode 136. Seven and i don't really have anything else to say so let's uh, wrap it up for mary over here for julian off in japan my name is mike perhaps you know me as vichito ex and julian do it man
2: daizenshu ex the podcast thanks for listening
3: to us this week tune in again Say, say, do, do. Say, say, do. I do it Go for it Go for it? <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. we go. we go. go. I'm gonna fight. <laughs> Gone。I'm gonna I'm going I'm